0: hear me? Is that that clear? Good, thank you. Good morning, uh, brothers and sisters. It's a great privilege to be with you here this morning. And uh, I bring you greetings from uh, Crystal Park Baptist Church, from our pastor and elder Mark and uh, Etienne, and from the the family at Crystal Park. And uh, it's a great it's really a great joy for me to be here with my brother Gideon. Uh, we served together at uh, Crystal Park for a few years. And um, when I was uh, asked to come and bring the word this morning, yeah, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't pay lip service to that. Sorry. You realize I haven't taken my mask off. Um, yeah, I don't pay lip service to that because uh, I said to Gideon, you know, this opportunity has once again cast me into the scriptures and caused me once again to look with new, refreshed eyes at the gospel. You know, Uh, and I I thank God for that privilege. Let me tell you, the fact that we have His abiding Word. Um, Wow, what a privilege that our God has spoken and that He has given us His Word. We have it in the form of a book that we can read and uh, I really want to thank God for that. Uh, This morning... Uh, our reading is from the uh, first letter to timothy and if you would turn there first timothy chapter 1 first timothy chapter 1 and we will be reading from verse 12 from verse 12 to verse 17 first timothy chapter 1 from verse 12 to verse 17 and if you have found your place could i ask you to stand for the reading of god's word please You yeah, now this is what Holy Scripture says. I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I don't know if there are many young people. Yeah, there are. I'm not sure there are school-going children in the In the church this morning and and also those listening online I don't know if if school-going children do you know what corporal punishment is possibly it's a foreign uh, term to you but if you were at school up until about 94 95 uh, certainly here in South Africa you would know all about corporal punishment now I was I was at an all-boys school and you can just imagine an all-boys school was we were naughty our our teachers and especially our principal kept pretty busy so when we were naughty uh, boys and girls what would happen is we would we would not be given detention sometimes that may have been a punishment but if we were found to be naughty we would be lined up and we would get as boys six of the best and six of the best meant you know the, the the principal was really flexing his right arm at that point and the cane was going to bend around you as it came down. I mean, you, sometimes you even heard it swooshing as it came to meet your behind. And we knew all about the fact that we had done wrong and punishment was being meted out to us. But it was sometimes, you know, when, when you did something wrong, you knew it was wrong, and you were caught, and the principal let you off with a warning. You know, what he was teaching us in those moments was mercy something we should have received some punishment but what with mercy as the apostle paul's heart is lifted up in praise in verse 17 to this merciful god who has saved us from our sins the question i have for myself and for us this morning is are you awed by the mercy of god are you awed by the mercy of god is your heart lifted up When you consider His mercy, do you feel the warmth of the mercy of God like the sun breaking through the clouds on a wintry morning when you've been walking around in the cold and suddenly the sun breaks through and warms you? Do you feel the mercy of God in that way? Do you praise Him spontaneously for this mercy? That is what the the doxology in verse 17 is about. Often the Apostle Paul is, he's going through arguments of theology, tight arguments, and suddenly he breaks out in doxology to the King of Ages, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you break out in doxology in your heart, considering the mercy of God? Does this mercy leave you? That is where the mercy of God is rooted, dear friends. It is rooted in Calvary, in an event, in an act which satisfied the divine and righteous wrath of the true and the living God, who is a consuming fire. The mercy is poured out because Christ died for our sins. Hallelujah, I say to you. This is why the mercy of God is poured out because someone has died for our sins. And that is why I am standing here today. I tell you, I'm a mercy case. I am a mercy case. And I'm sure you can say that about yourselves as well. We are here because of the mercy of God. Now, Paul writing Timothy, and he's charging Timothy. He's saying that some persons that are teaching. It was. The, about the law and the role of the law in salvation Here's a summary statement of the gospel We'll get to that He gives a summary statement of the gospel This is a trustworthy saying and deserving of full acceptance Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners Early in the letter Paul brings out the summary statement of true doctrine why? He's giving practical advice to Timothy on the running of a church. He's talking about elders and and widows. He's talking about all of these practical matters. But he starts off by talking about the gospel. Because, dear friends, the gospel is foundational. The gospel is the center. The gospel is the bedrock upon which every church must be built. The gospel is the center of my life. As I live out my Christian life upon this earth, it must be a gospel-centered life focused upon a gospel-centered word. And this is what Paul is raising up. He's raising up this pillar really to Timothy. Come Timothy. Here is the foundation for everything practical that must be worked out in the church. It is the gospel. The gospel in nine words. If you do evangelism, I'm going to get to this, but let me say it now. If you do evangelism, here's the gospel in nine words. Dear friend, how are you? My name is Craig. I'm from Crystal Park Baptist Church. I want to tell you about Jesus. Do you know who he is? Yes, I know who he is. Let me tell you the truth about him. He, Christ Jesus, he came into the world to save sinners. Here's the gospel in summary, nine words. But oh, what these words mean. It is because of these words that my name and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, dear friends. The gospel of Jesus Christ. My outline then for today is this, a response to the mercy of God, thankfulness, the rebel who was shown mercy, the Redeemer who came on a mission of mercy, the reason for mercy, and the region which to be honoured and glorified for mercy. Paul starts off in verse 12 and he says, "I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because he considered me faithful." Appointing me to the ministry he was appointed placed in the service of God That is what what God did think about this. What is the service that he was placed in? It was the taking the gospel to the Gentiles This message which is the power of God was entrusted to Paul was an enemy an enemy of God an enemy of the cross But he was freely appointed to serve by God Would you entrust a message of vital importance or a task of monumental significance would you entrust that to a former enemy I say no I would not because this is who Paul was he was an enemy of the cross and God has has entrusted him with with this service to take this this wonderful message to the Gentiles but he has not left him to his own devices Paul says, he has strengthened me. He has strengthened him. He has has enabled him. This is grace. And Paul's response is, thankfulness. I thank God who has strengthened me and appointed me to this service. You know, as believers, we are called out of the world into God's family to serve. And guess what? He strengthens us, dear friends. He strengthens us. Us who sometimes we faint at the consideration of serving God. know He is the one who strengthens us. Working in us to will and to do according to His good pleasure. Using us in His kingdom. The kingdom of light. And we can use the, 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 the talents that He has given to us. But here Paul is thankful. And not only is his thankfulness fueled by the strength that he received from the Lord. For the ministry he was appointed to. But in light of who Paul was, this act of God was an exclamation mark of mercy. This act of God was an exclamation mark of mercy for Paul. He is the rebel who was shown mercy. He who was appointed, he says about himself, he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent. You know, the apostle Paul was standing Standing there when Stephen the first martyr was killed stoned to death in Acts chapter 7 The Bible says Paul held the garments of those who were stoning Stephen Stephen the first martyr of the church of Christ Paul was a persecutor of the church Often he will talk about his life as a persecutor and he would go around and gather up Christians. In fact, you, you know that on his way to Damascus, that day, he was on his way to persecute the church when he was met by the Lord Jesus Christ upon the road. But look at the word he uses in verse 13. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent opponent. Formerly, he says, beforehand, in other words, beforehand, it's an adverb. This this word formally. It's modifying the verb was. In other words, the verb was is what is what characterized Paul in the past. Formally, this is what I was, a blasphemer, a persecutor, an arrogant man. But now, since the grace of God has come, no more. No more am I that John Newton, the writer of the, of, the, of the hymn Amazing Grace, he would understand, this, would res, this resonated with him. You know, John Newton was a captain of a, of, of a slave ship, of a number of slave ships actually. And John Newton in his slave ships would take slaves from the west coast of Africa across the Atlantic Ocean to the Caribbean, to Jamaica and to those countries. To be sold off as slaves in North America. 20,000 slaves he carried in his ships across the Atlantic Ocean. When he was converted, he wrote later saying that there were times when he could still remember, he could still hear the cries of the slaves dying in the hull of his ship, bound in shackles listen to what he says after he came and experienced the amazing grace of god these words are attributed to him he says i am not what i ought to be i am not what i want to be i am not what i hope to be in another world but still i am not what i once used to be and by the grace of god i am what i am do you see what he is saying dear friends Formerly I was, but now that grace has come, no longer. If you are a believer, there must be a formerly in your life. There must be a formerly in your life. You must have been transformed by the power of the gospel. This gospel that saves, which is the dunamis power of God. Romans 1 verse 16 we are transformed by the gospel power, dear friends. I tell you, there was a formally in my life. There was certainly a formally in my life. But God, being rich in mercy, when I was lost in my sins, He came and rescued me. Amen. It says He acted ignorantly in unbelief. Because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, he says. (coughs) Does this mean that he was not responsible? No. The same word for ignorantly is used in other passages. I'm talking about verse 13. Luke chapter 23 verse 34. The same word of Jesus when when he's on the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They are acting ignorantly two things we see are the merciful heart of christ upon the cross they acted not fully understanding what they had done jesus was both messiah and son of god we're not taking the responsibility and the guilt away from those who crucified him and called for his crucifixion acts chapter 3 verse 17 another instance peter speaking to the jews he says they acted ignorantly and so did their fathers they coming all of these miraculous signs, continuously the plagues come and then God takes them away. He sees the power of the Messiah in the church until mercifully his eyes were opened. Furthermore, this is written when Paul was an older man. He was an What about you and I, dear friend? Is the gospel foundational and central your life the gospel is not something that has saved us and then we move on to the other Christian stuff no the gospel is the center what we sing about what we pray about in our family devotions in my relationship with my wife it is the gospel that is central core and this is the rudder that, that directs Paul's thoughts are you thankful daily that you have been saved from the judgment, saved from. Let me never grow haughty in this heart. Keep me, O Lord, close to the cross where I found mercy. God's justice could have been served for Paul, he could have got what he deserved, he would have been rewarded for his zeal with eternal condemnation. Would God have been unfair to punish Paul? No, I say to you, because God is holy and just. So what was Paul's due before God? What just enough grace? His grace overflowed for me, he says. His grace overflowed for me. You know what overflow means, eh? You know when you you pour Coke into a cup and there's ice cubes there? happens the the coke just overflows it doesn't stay within the cup it brims over this is what paul is saying his grace overflowed for me conrad mbewe one of our great brothers here from africa he preached a sermon many years ago and this illustration just stuck in my mind he speaks about the grace of god and he illustrated it in this way he says imagine a man works at one of those bridges. You know those bridges across the rivers. We don't really have them in South Africa. But you know in Europe. They have these bridges. And those bridges open up across the river. When a train goes over they close. And when the ship needs to come through. The bridge opens up. You know. He says I'm going to take my son with me to work tonight. And uh, he's with his son. And around 3am in the morning. And it's quiet. He falls asleep. And suddenly after a while he He hears. A horn and he wakes up in a, in a fright and he realizes there's a train coming and the bridge is open he needs to close the bridge it's too far the train is approaching he's got to make a decision if he closes the bridge he will crush his son if he saves his son those on the train will perish he closes that night knew that on that train it was a prisoner train. It was carrying rapists, murderers, liars, thieves, corrupt politicians. Do you see what grace is? Save me. This is the mercy of God, dear friends. This is what God is. in heaven. Will be singing his praises for eternity. For eternity. We will have the opportunity to sing his praises, to adore him forever and ever. The source of this mercy is. Verse 15. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. How is this possible? How is grace for the sinner possible the gospel and here follows the summary like I said in nine words Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners the essential ingredient for the gospel Christ coming into the world look at it promise to pass over here we have it in these nine words promise he was promised and he came the Passover lamb christ our Paschal lamb paul would put it from cradle to calvary it's in these nine words christ jesus came into the world to save sinners from yes. Of human flesh he came into the world john says to us the word the eternal logos who existed with god from the beginning and has always existed that eternal logos became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we have seen his god to justify to gather to call to bring those called before the foundations of the world into the family of god he came in other words to save Double exclamation mark, I say to you. Not to enrich. Not to give us a permanent health and vitality. Not merely to give us wisdom and teaching. Not merely to heal. No, He came to save. Because as I drive to that church in the morning, I can normally listen to a sermon. And normally I listen to a sermon related to the text that I'm preaching. This morning I listened to something. This man, his name is Edward Donnelly. And he preached four sermons on hell. And I listened to this sermon this morning because I wanted to be reminded what I have been saved from. He puts it this way. Three points. We have been saved from absolute poverty. Absolute poverty. No enjoyment of the good things that God has graced us with. Absolute poverty. Agonizing pain. Jesus in the New Testament speaks most an agonizing eternal pain. But also the pain of conscience. Where the worm does not die. Where those who are subjected to hell will never ever be able to escape the rejection of Christ. The choices that have been made. Never. Never will the conscience be quiet. Stop bothering me. No, the worm does not die. And an angry presence in hell we are removed from the loving presence of an almighty God. God. If you are here this morning and you have not placed your faith upon Christ, if your feet are not firmly planted upon the rock, I cry to you even this morning. Turn to Him. Come to Jesus. He's a wonderful Savior, I say to you. He's the good shepherd. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. He is the door. Come unto Him. But I say to you, dear friends, He will come back again. And when he comes back again, he will not come as a baby in a manger. He comes upon a white horse revelation. About this, friends, what is on your mind? What was on your mind this last week? I tell you what was on mine my family, their welfare, school fees, electricity bills, the state of crime. The lens of your life for worship. And for service. And for Paul, this is the reason for praise. As we will see in verse 17. He considers himself the foremost of sinners. Verse 15. He's not being self-abasing. Self-hating. No, Paul understands very well the wretched state that he was saved from. He understands what he was saved from. I mean... Do you know yourself? Really know yourself? I tell you, my wife knows me. She knows me. She knows some things about me, about my attitude and so forth that like escapes me, right? She can point it out and then the penny will just drop. My wife knows me very well. My parents know me. My and he found grace with this God. And this grace was like cold water. In a parched and a dry land, it was like a lifeboat in the middle of a stormy sea. This is what grace was to Paul. And now he moves from to save the world, to me personally. I received mercy for this reason. He uses the word "but." We've had a clear and stunning declaration of the gospel. And we would expect Paul to say, And I received mercy. But he uses the word but. A contrasting. The Psalms. I look through the Psalms. And I look for this word mercy. And in all cases except one, mercy in the Psalms are in a context of someone in distress crying out to God for mercy. I have enemies around me. Lord, have mercy upon me. But what Paul is saying is that when I did not even want mercy, when I did not even know I needed mercy, He showed me mercy. In the case of Paul and you and I in salvation, while we were still dead in our trespasses and sins, in which we once walked, following the course of the, getting out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest. Of us, this mercy. This mercy was not purposeless. He says, "I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might." Friends, he put his patience on display. The place this patience is displayed normally. They see this as a bad guy turned good, but with the eyes of faith, we see perfect patience, justice delayed, mercy shown. A pastor writes about this. He says, Mercy, he writes about this mercy, consider. And God sees them and God tells Moses about it. And he says to him, this is the last. What Moses, what what happens? God, and the, the Bible says, and the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. God decided not to bring justice against the nation right now. God could have put every one of them to death. But he delayed justice forever and ever. You would have thought that when paul is talking about mercy he would have spoken about the high priest who is the the mediator of this mercy he would have spoken about the priest or the sacrifice the lamb no he goes to the king why because friends it is the king who shows mercy you see we are going to stand before that king one day and when we stand before him that mercy will flow like sweet water in a dry desert to the king of ages immortal, invisible the only God be glory and honor forever and ever how can we apply this to our lives unbeliever if if you are here this morning or, or either you will die and face the judgment or you will see him come back again Not as a baby, not as a lamb, but as the king to judge the living and the dead. Come to Him even today. To a backslider here. His mercy is for those who have wandered as well. If you have wandered from the God who loves you, know that His mercy is new every morning. Return to the God who loves you. Do not believe that you have wandered too far from His grace. To the believer here this morning, I'm going to say to you, marvel, marvel at this grace and mercy. Humble yourself before him. Worship him. Tell others about him. Obey him. Serve him. I want to close off this morning by reading to you a, a hymn which is, which is really, it it encapsulates everything that Paul has said. His mercy is more. What patience would wait as we constantly roam. What Father so tenderly is calling us home. He welcomes us. Let us pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you this morning for your mercy. We thank you Lord that we stand before a merciful and gracious God. I thank you, Lord, that you have shown mercy to us. And I pray, Lord, that you would be patient and kind with those who do not believe. That your word, O oh Lord, would go out into this world, even here, into Florida, into this community. That you would use your believers in this church, O oh Lord, to take this wonderful message into this.